0: Ever, ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie is about to rock your world. This woman woman does not pull any punches. She tells the truth, tells it like how it is, and has this this beautiful embodiment of self love and romance. And we're going to dive into. All those juicy bits and juicy conversations in just a second. Before that, though, I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for choosing to be your greatest possible self, for taking one step at a time, and specifically in the area of romance, communication, and dating, wherever you're at on the spectrum. If if you're um, like a hopeless romantic, if you are in a relationship, wherever you're at, just know that like it's one step at a time to create your reality, to create anything you desire. So keep showing up. keep putting in that energy investing into your greatest possible self okay next up is our itunes review of the week and this week it is anthony a 93 chris the man burns every podcast episode gets better and better not only that you can tell how present and interested chris is in each of the experts he brings on the show anthony a thank you so much for that review If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, I love celebrating people and championing and cheering people on. It's one of my greatest gifts, my superpowers, and I want to celebrate you on a future 12-hour live stream. So go to beergpscom forward slash iTunes. Give us a review. Let us know what you love about the show, what you want to see more of, and uh, you'll get a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour stream. Thanks so much for doing that. I'm going to introduce Stephanie in just a sec here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because we are going to dive in. This is going to be an experience. So just being present here is going to transform, is going to awaken, is going to activate your DNA, your cells. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful experience. So definitely stay all the way through till the end because one idea, one moment has the power to break everything open for you and unleash everything that you ever desired. So let's have some fun with Stephanie. Let's introduce her and we'll bring her on. Stephanie Cherma is the CEO of The Good Love Company. She's a relationship expert, a speaker, and a mentor. And she teaches high-performance men and women how to call in love through self-discovery. And we are just scratching the surface with that. Stephanie, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman?
1: So excited. Let's do this.
0: We're doing it. We are live and becoming your greatest possible self. Stephanie, thank you for being here. We're going to have a lot of fun today.
1: I'm excited. It's going to be good.
0: Yes. Okay. Let's dive right in. The theme today is communication, dating, and romance. So, Stephanie, what Mm -hmm. does that mean for you?
1: Well, it's the core foundation. We hear all the time about how communication is everything, and we really have forgotten how to talk to each other. We live in a world where we can short form, five-letter words, where we can backspace and edit, but we want this deep connection, but we've forgotten how to talk. So communication is massive and it's overdue for an overhaul.
0: (laughs) Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Preach it, sister. Preach it. I love it. And especially with social media, like you said, you know, the backspacing and the digital age that we're in, I think there's really, it's, it so sucks people in. So to be able to like reinvent and re recreate, what does it mean to have intimacy? What does it mean to have self-love? What does it mean to have romance? I'm grateful that you're here leading that conversation and leading the charge on that so that we can create that intimacy. So tell our audience a little bit more about what you do for your clients. I mentioned it a little bit, but in your own words. Yeah,
1: definitely. So I I work with people, usually women, I've worked with a few men, but usually women where They come to me and they're either saying, I don't understand why I am not able to make love stick. I have great friends. I have a great job. I'm relatively attractive. I I kind of have my shit together, but I can't seem to figure out why this love and relationship stuff just doesn't seem to work. So I work with them to understand what is the prevention of, of receiving, because it's not about finding love. It's about going, what am I doing that's stopping this this flow to come in. Um, and then we really work to unpack that. And I give them a tailored plan. So for some people, it's it's trauma healing. For some people, it's confidence work. For some people, it's just getting over that guy from five years ago who's expired. And then we really get them on a path where they go, okay, this is who I am. And I actually really enjoy it. And now I'm ready to share that life. And then it falls in their lap. Mm-hmm. pretty, pretty quickly. And then with the people in relationship, they usually come to me saying, we're really in love, like we actually, this is good, but we've hit a patch, we've we've hit a, a life has happened. And we have forgotten how to come together. So now we're just picking at each other, instead of going, Oh, my gosh, there's external stress, let's team up, and and tackle it. So I teach couples how to do that. Mm. And I love it. I love this
2: work so much.
0: <laughs> so beautiful. I love it. And I I know a big part of your branding as well as the truth telling. And I mm. put it in the the headline today. Why why is that a value for you and why do you say like put that up front to say that's who you are and that's what you stand for?
1: I love that question and I've never been asked that in the years that I've been doing that. So I really appreciate that you bring that up because I think that what we're not saying is what needs to be said. Mm. And in my niche, in the love and relationship, you tend to get a lot of people wanting hacks like five texts that will seem irresistible, or, you know, eight ways to look hotter and say the right thing. And really, what that's teaching is that you are not enough as who you are. So we now need to contort yourself. So that a stranger could pick you. That's really what it what we're doing. Instead of going, why are you single? Why are you resisting love? What's the truth you need to tell yourself? Because that's the biggest hurdle. It's not the tricks and the, you know, ways to look better. Beautiful women get dumped all the time. Gorgeous women have issues with connections. It's not about how you look. It's about what is it that you're not telling yourself that needs to happen. And once we get over this fear of the truth and realize that it's it's a key to navigate, then we're cooking with gas because then Mm -hmm. we can actually problem solve. Mm -hmm. So that's why radical honesty is really, really important to me and the work I do with my women because then we just, we're not wasting time on tactics that may get you a date but you're looking for a life partner and that takes a little bit more
0: <laughs> yeah and and also the the intimacy and connection at a soul level yeah. it really takes removing all the barriers that could or would come up in a conversation in a relationship and being willing to be honest and I think a lot of people are trying to be someone that they're not so that they can look good or appear as something to, to, to win the relationship, to stay in the relationship, to stay comfortable, or that's what they were told to do. And it's like, if we just have that radical honesty and tell the truth about who we are, where we're at, what's important to us, there's someone for everyone, you know? So if someone wants a, a monogamous committed relationship, trust me there's tons of people out there if someone wants a polyamorous you know fun free loving relationship tr- in relationships pl- trust me there's plenty of people out there so it's just willingness to stand in our power and like where we're at and so many people are afraid to just do that and like you said go back into that journey and and like find out what has been blocking us and deal with it as it comes up
1: Yeah, well, and and the kicker is that in order to get that soul level connection, that's what you have to do. Mm. Like, it's it's so simple. It may not be easy, but everyone wants that high caliber, amazing relationship. But are they... A high caliber person mm. it's kind of like one of those gut checks where you have to go you know if you want someone who's amazing and you guys vibe and you have that beautiful connection mm. and we've all seen that couple that you're like damn like wow i want that it's because they're bringing their full selves to the table so there's an actual authenticity to it as opposed to you know the the girl who meets a guy, and he's really into, let's say, sports, and she's like, well, it's not really my thing, but I want him to like me, so I'll go along with it, and then she's watching football every Sunday for the rest of her life, going, I don't like this, Mm. so we have to be willing to go, this is who I am, and this is what I bring to the table, and I will be willing to wait for someone to go, yes, you, quirks and all, I'll Mm. take that, Mm. and that's the good stuff.
0: So I want to go back into the journey now, Stephanie, and talk about, because I, I feel the uh, ferocious, loving, committed <laughs> stand that you are for love, for great love. And uh, I want to go back in the journey. Where do you think that seed was really planted and started for you?
1: I've always been that girl who loved romantic movies. I was born in the 80s. I grew up watching like Breakfast Club, um, Pretty Woman, all of those love stories. And I really identified. I was a super sensitive kid. I was a weirdo. I was like the overweight, funny sidekick who never had a boyfriend, never had anything. And I remember it just, I always felt like I was missing out. And it was so odd to me that I could desire and. Understand something on such a level, but then not have it in my physical reality. And so, when I hit adolescence and college years, when we bloom, so to speak, and I got my first hit of male attention, I wasn't, I didn't learn how to classify the type of attention. So, then I spent my 20s giving it away and taking on anyone and just being like, anyone will do. Mm -hmm. And so I had a very distorted view of love. I thought that attention and sexual chemistry was what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of years getting really hurt, really burned. It was a rough ride. And so so I had
0: before, before we go any further, I know that there's women, possibly even men out there who are throwing themselves in their body uh, and their worth at people um, to try to fill some kind of gap. And specifically to that younger version of yourself, like speaking from your soul to her soul, what does she need to hear?
1: That sleeping with him is not going to magically want him to be with you. Mm. I really, really thought that that wasn't true. I remember fighting that. Like, well, I'm I'm an intellectual and I'm funny and I bring something to the table, so I won't be judged and discarded. But unfortunately, that's that was the truth. I was sleeping with people right away and really just in a dark space where I thought that attention was love. So mm-hmm. I would go back in time and say, "I know why you're doing this. You have so much love to give, but um it doesn't work that way."
0: What's the all. what's the moment that it all started like, let's say if it went downhill or like things spun out of control into, um, giving away your worth in, in your body, like what's that moment and what would you tell her, your younger self, how to handle that moment differently?
1: Like the, the knowing that I'm about to do something yeah. that is detrimental to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would say, I would say, you know, We, when we do these things, when we ignore that inner voice that goes, Mm. don't do it, Mm. we will then repeat the lesson until it's learned. So I would go back and say, do you want to spend 10 years repeating the same lesson Mm. or do you want to leave? Do you want to exit the scenario?
0: Was it, was it in a text? Like when, when would that decision be made for you that all right, fuck it. I'm just going in. <laughs> you know,
1: like, No, I get it. Well, so what I used to do yeah. is around 25, mm-hmm. I was working part time. I had no cash. Mm-hmm. And this is back in the day when online dating was like a laptop. Like you had to log in.
2: Yeah.
1: So I had a plenty of fish account. Yeah. And I remember I was so broke that I would rack up dates so that I could eat that night. Yeah. So I would have dates wow. Monday to Friday so that I could just go out for dinner. Truth,
0: like thank, thank, dude. You're you're like unleashing it. I love it, Stephanie. This is is beautiful for everyone who's tuning in right now. If you have questions for Stephanie, like let us know. But this is Stephanie. Like thank you. This is truth telling. You're you're unleashing. I love it.
2: Yeah,
1: I I was in a desperate place, and so what would happen is I would, you know, I dating was easy for me because I'm a talkative person. I can talk Mm -hmm. to anyone, and if the date wasn't going well, I would just start drinking. Mm full disclosure so what would happen is if the date was not going well i would start drinking and if the date was going really well i would start drinking so <laughs> by the end of it we were having such a good time that that little girl who was like please pick me now had this armor of alcohol this fearless let's let's keep it going and so i would we would end up going to someone's house going to an after party, um, and then usually that's how my dating would happen. It would be a one-night stand or like a really fun weekend, mm-hmm. and then I would have to play the game of doga not too attached. You, you didn't represent your best self, and sometimes I'd get dropped off and never called again, or sometimes it would last a week or two, but that was my pattern, and then once I was discarded because after a while of, getting drunk and having sex with someone it's kind of like what are we doing yeah. they would go she's not wifey material mm-hmm. so i'm going to move on, move on and then i would be like why what's going on and i did that for a decade that was that was the routine
0: so it was like it sounds like in the moment of taking those drinks or like saying
1: yeah it was just it was i was so addicted to the fantasy the yeah. the whimsy the romance mm-hmm. you know the we're at this club and the lights are low and the music's on and we have this three drink buzz and i'm just so into it that the rational thought of you're being used mm-hmm. he's a stranger what are you doing that quieted, and then the romantic fantasy of, oh, we have such a great connection, we've been talking for hours, that got higher. So the judgment and rationale, just the balance was off. So I would make decisions from that place over and over and over
0: so powerful this is this is great, and i'm sure a lot of people could see ourselves in that position because I think we we all go through that I, at least a lot of people go through that phase of like i'm i want to prove that i'm worthy of keeping around so i'll go yeah. i'll'll i'll go beyond my boundaries i'll do things that i wouldn't normally do if I was sober if I was you know alone if I was whatever you know if I was yeah. in my right state of mind and conscious like conscious choosing and with my morals and my values, like I wouldn't normally do this, but because we're here, because we're in the environment, because it's fun, like we'll, we'll bend the rules a little bit. Yeah. And I think we all have experienced that. So what was it that had you say enough is enough. I'm done with this, this pattern.
2: So it was the
1: morning of my 29th birthday. And I love that we were doing this this series at this time, because it was right around this time, um, in 2015, and the guy that I had been seeing, we literally just started talking to each other, and he was going to come over, I was having a house party, and I don't remember my birthday party. I have no idea what happened, but I woke up the next morning alone and naked with my birthday card from him, like like glued to my arm, like, like a beer glue. And I like ripped the card off and I looked around my room and it was the darkest time. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy left in the middle of the night. I'm like, I have alcohol stuck to me. Like things are sticking to me and this is the my 29th year. So this is what we're still doing. And I bawled my eyes out. It was so humbling because i in that moment realized this is what your life is going to to be like the trajectory of where you're going will be this mm-hmm. and that was it i remember saying you know i had a jesus take the wheel moment mm-hmm. i remember saying i will i will do anything differently something has to change i it was it was such a dark moment and then i got this divine inspiration to quit my job and go find a temp agency just for some remedial work to refocus me that I can't be distracted. There's no booze. There's no men. There's no nothing. Mm. And I was assigned a project the day that I got hired. And the guy, there was someone helping me on this project, thought nothing of it. And that guy is the guy that I'm now engaged to. Mm -hmm. So it happened pretty quick. My realization of I'm doing it wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm willing to to do something differently Mm -hmm. and then following the guidance. And then my relationship happened to me. And then I grew and transformed, got sober, had kids, Mm -hmm. got engaged. It was in that container of time.
0: Wow. That's, that's so beautiful. I really acknowledge the the listening to the universal two by four that came and you know whacked you upside the head and uh, I'm I'm curious were you doing personal development at the time like did you have coaches or mentors or people around you who helped you make that transition or what do you think supported you in in following through and executing on this new way of being.
2: I was
1: always into personal development. I remember reading the secret when I was like 18, um, a huge Jack Canfield fan. I've always known that it's not just us. I'm, I'm a very, um, spiritual person by nature and I've, I've been on my own. I'm an only child. I lost my mom when I was 25. So right around my crazy year, who knew I was grieving? Mm um, it was just me. So I've always had to figure it out. And and I thought, wouldn't it be easier if I leaned on something outside of myself? Because I only know what I know. And if I'm not doing it right, I need something other than me. So I didn't get into the coaching space until the end of 2015. And it was through being loved and receiving what I've always wanted, in in conjunction with me going, I can receive this, this is uncomfortable, Mm. this is new, because we think that a relationship and we're suddenly different. But it will just bring everything up. I had moments where my fear wanted me to run away. Mm -hmm. I spent a few months being in deep resistance. So I've always known like, okay, if if the external reality isn't matching what I actually want, something's off track. Mm -hmm. And I require, it's a non-negotiable, that my life look the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. And so it was really through that I ended up going a treatment for alcohol addiction in 2016 and got sober ever since. And then my business coaching, not business coaching, the business of coaching, mm-hmm. I got in pretty heavy after that. Mm-hmm. And then so it was through my own transformation and the love of my partner that I was able to go, okay, this life doesn't feel good. This life does. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to do the next right thing. Yeah. And then my realities
0: will match up. I found that having that significant other, like your partner was for you as a mirror to mm-hmm. be there with you, to hold space with you, to be a reminder of how beautiful and amazing and wonderful that you are. Like my girlfriend, Petya, does that for me as well. Like certain times I'm like, I can't see what you're seeing, but I hear the words and they're landing because when I try to tell myself it didn't reach my subconscious as deeply as what she says, you know? So I'm imagining it was something similar for you. Like what do people do if they don't yet have that significant other who sees them at that depth, at that deep level? What would you recommend to that person?
1: Well, I think that it's just really important to audit your circle. Mm. So I would really look at who are you spending time with? What are you listening to? What are you consuming? Mm. Um, do you have friends that just complain and bitch and moan and, you know, watch awful news stories and everything's awful? Like We need to be able to to say like it's okay to move away from people where you don't feel good and sometimes you're the miserable person sometimes the problem is you and so go to an actual mirror i, I do mirror work myself and with my clients and and ask yourself what am i not telling myself mm-hmm. what's not working how can i forgive parts of me that have made these decisions mm-hmm. and decide that you will be your own partner because we're, we're always in a relationship mm-hmm. it's either with ourselves in preparation or with a partner that matches our energetic frequency. So if you are in preparation for partnership then do your own mirror work and then look at who you're surrounding yourself with, because it's a really good indication of your success level based on, on who you spend time with.
0: Mm. Mm. Juicy. I love it. I love it. Um, So you, audited your circle, you were doing some personal development work, like on yourself, you were doing mirror work. And that helped you attract this, this uh, amazing man into your life. Mm -hmm. What else did you do as far as like preparing for him to come in and you being able to receive him in your life?
1: Well, it happened really quickly for me. And I think for, for some people, the the level of your assurance is what moves the needle. So when I woke up on my birthday alone hungover and feeling disgusting I th- that was it it was a line in the sand and I was like I will never feel this gross ever again for me I have to learn the hard way I have to touch the stove so that was it for me I was like okay I'm willing to do things differently and if I don't this feeling will continue and that was enough for me to kind of Do the the jump off, so to speak. And then in preparation, I really just said, okay, I know he's on the way. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to suggest that the universe said, everyone else will find love, but not you, Stephanie. Nope, you have a huge heart. No one's going to share it. Like it Mm -hmm. just, I knew on a logical level that that just wasn't going to happen. So I got busy preparing my life. have it shared and an exercise i do with my clients is we play the game um if he knocked on your door right now Mm -hmm. are you ready is your apartment ready do you have space literally are you nervous if the doorbell rings are you going ah i'm not home It's a huge indicator of your readiness. And I really believe that you have to be all in. And I was all in. And that's why it kind of fell into my lap. And the real work was now going, okay, you've gotten what you wanted. Can you be seen? Can you let yourself be seen? And the reason why, one of the reasons why my guy, I knew quickly he was my person, was he was the only guy who's ever listened to me without trying to banter back. He just sat and listened for hours. And I remember stopping myself and going, you don't want to chime in with how smart and witty and cool you are? And he's like, no, I'm listening to you. I've never experienced that. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew things could be different. And it wasn't just this witty banter, martini
2: bullshit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, it's flirting. For the sake of just getting to the outcome rather than flirting for the sake of like getting connected with your soul because that is the real prize.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, Okay. This is good. This is great stuff. And I want to focus on, um, you know, really like knowing who he was, like, how did you know who he was so that you could, like, identify attracting him when you met him? Like, if you saw him, how would you know who he was? Like, how did you build him?
1: I love I love these questions. They're so good. I've never been asked this before. Um, Jordan was not someone, I had no idea. He was the first guy that I completely had, I, I missed it. Um, I thought my person back in the day, we would live in Toronto, downtown on Bay Street, he would work in finance, he'd be 10 years older than me, we'd both be these witty intellectuals. I I thought that's what my life was going to be like, I live in the city, and I was going to work in magazines and writing. And I remember thinking like, well, what if it's not what I actually need? What if that's not what I need? And so I was very open to the idea that it may not look like what I expected. My partner is eight years younger than me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So when I met him, I was 29 and he was 21. Mm -hmm. He drove a bike to work and had a futon in a shared house with posters on the wall and bongs on the table. So (laughs) at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, we're just hanging out. He's cute. but. He's younger he's not what i expected but it was the the intention he listened to me in detail he thought of me um and i wasn't easy to love at that time i was still crazy as hell because i was so wounded and i didn't think that this was my person yet so i was still doing my my stuff but he was the first guy that saw past my stuff and was like I really like you and he always says to me that the way that I made him feel
2: Mm.
1: was the same thing he did for me he's like you validated me you listened to me no one cared about my stories but you wanted to hear all of them Mm. I I helped him feel good in my presence the way he did for me and then weird things would happen like our moms have the same birthday
0: Wow. (laughs) Um, Like
1: just freaky deaky stuff. Um, Our son was born on the day of our first date. Like there was just a lot of stuff, but I remember feeling safe with him. I remember feeling like he actually likes who I am as a person. He felt grateful like he was like I can't believe like this is what we're doing and so we just sort of hit it off like we got very serious very quick and it was as cliche as it comes mm. it was a, a knowing like mm. I really felt like this guy and I we had the same value we wanted the same things in life we had incredible sexual polarity we were friends and I was like I could see this lasting mm. and we I said let's just do this and so we got engaged on the on the anniversary of my mom's death like it was odd he didn't even know he had no idea so Mm -hmm. I feel like my mom was like nudging him along but it just felt like I could be my fully expressed self he could be his fully expressed self and then we could take on the world together and I had never
2: had that before
0: Mm. I love it I love the synchronicities I love the trust that just you showed up and you you rode the wave and of course there's resistance and stuff that comes up. Like that's the human experience, right? There's going to be difficult times and arguments and things that don't go as planned and that's okay. And pay attention to the signs that do indicate. Hey, there's something special here. This is not like just you know random. It's not. It's not coincidence. <laughs> this is like total synchronicity and alignment, oh, yeah. and it's meant to be like this. Um, so I want to talk about for a woman or a man, especially a woman though, out there who might be um, hesitating or doubting. Is this it? Or like the the self sabotaging kind of behaviors and, and mm-hmm. patterns that might come up in those first couple months especially of a relationship. Like what do you see usually comes up with your clients and how do you help them address that to to get through that and not like take themselves out of the race or, you know, like scare someone away.
1: Right. Absolutely. The the biggest thing is is that I always want to remind people that the beginning, everyone's on their best behavior. Mm. It's fun we're into a there's nothing else exists but our love like it's very fun <laughs> but that that shifts that changes and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something broken in the relationship right. I have this running joke that we cannot all be in the honeymoon stage like if the entire population was always in the honeymoon stage nothing would get done (laughs) everyone would just be in their homes having sex like nothing would happen there has to be grounding there has to be that initial spark that says okay yes let's do this for real that's Mm -hmm. the glue. so after Mm -hmm. the fun time sort of moves out That's when you go right around like usually three to six months. Are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Are we in? Are we out? That's the time to set the foundation. That's the time to go, okay, this is how I like parenting. This is what I think about religion. This is what money means to me. The important conversations. You Mm -hmm. don't want to do that on the first date, but you don't want to have that conversation a year in. Right. So once that honeymoon sort of fizzles down a bit and you guys sort of relax into your own reality, mm-hmm. that's when you build a foundation and understanding that in order to have a successful long-term relationship, if that's your goal, you have to have a a, a plan in place, a vision, a mission mm-hmm. so that when life happens, When things go crazy, you can go back on that and you can go, okay, I know we're having a moment. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I know this is a temporary thing. Let's find a solution. Instead of I'm projecting, I'm throwing bullshit at you. I'm pissed and can't identify why. So you're going to take it. That's what we see often because couples haven't set up that actual foundation that they can go, oh yeah, we're having a fight. But that's not who we are. This is who we are. That's how you navigate out of it. So it's really about going relationships will shift. They're supposed to. It's a good thing. And use the shift to go, oh, we're, we're navigating a new depth. This mm-hmm. is great. This is really neat. Let's use this properly. This is an opportunity so that we can stack. So that when we're 60, we're still together and having a good time because we've been able to navigate. I always tell people that, Conflict is really about being in the canoe and saying, let's paddle together because if you're going upstream and I'm going downstream, we're not doing anything. And Mm -hmm. that's where resentment lies in because after a while you get tired and you don't want to have those deep conversations. So you brush it under the rug, you ignore it. And that's when erosion happens because resentment builds. So it's really about going shifts are going to happen. It's a good thing use the time wisely, find the opportunities and stack your, your growth so that you can have a long term success.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I, I think it takes a someone who's developed themselves to a certain degree, done <laughs> personal development, hired coaches, worked on themselves to kind of naturally bring those conversations forward about like here's what what I expect so to speak here's my boundaries here's what's important to me and like you said that's usually a couple months into the relationship when yeah. we start to have those more kind of um exploring the boundaries exploring exploring what's the context of our relationship what's the context of where we're going how do I know how do we know if we're on track or off track and we're both aligned and so yeah. the willingness to have those conversations is key number 1 the second though is like what do we actually say and how do we navigate those potentially tricky conversations? And I've found having coaches and people who can help me through those difficult conversations with someone who I can talk to when I'm not in, in the middle of it with someone and like brainstorm, like, Hey, I was talking to her about this and this came up and it kind of triggered me. Like, you know, am I, am I making up a big old story about it? Am I like adding a ton of stuff that's not actually there? And to get that mirror outside of us to give us a third party's perspective, you know, someone who we trust, who we respect, not just yeah. someone who's like given us, giving us advice because they're our friends but someone ideally who's qualified and who has yeah. done similar work and, and knows those kinds of conversations and can help us navigate it uh, is so important, especially yeah. if someone hasn't had that training or that experience in their life before.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. And I, I joke that like my conversations with my partner, <laughs> they sound silly and it it is a challenge because it brings up like a lot for him because he has to rise to that occasion too. And there's a lot of dynamic when you, when you want an honest relationship. So when we're in conflict, my, cause it happens. Like we have two kids, we both have our own businesses. Like we're, it's going to happen. So the first thing that I do is I just call what's happening. I'll mm-hmm. say, I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm, I'm noticing that, that there's an activation here. Yeah. um questions like what's really bothering you mm. if my partner is bickering about dishes in the sink it's not actually about the dishes it's probably that he's tired and his needs aren't being met mm. and so the opportunity is to allow him to express his need and me hold space for him and then me help prompt him to feel safe to share what he needs so it's just really about saying hey i'm i'm feeling attention do you feel that too? Mm. And then usually it'll be, yeah, you know, because yep. yep. it's tougher. It's like, let's just be real. Unless you're a man who's in personal development, most mm. of the time, women are easy communicators more naturally than men. Yep. But I'll just say, this is what we're feeling. What's going on for you? What's coming up for you? What's the truth about the situation? And then we just hack it out and, and then return. Yeah. So it, it's a habit. For sure.
0: I love it. I love it. And it it could take practice building that habit, you know? And even, even after it's a habit, it's still, like you said, not easy, but it's, it's, it might not be easy, but it's worth it. You know, it's worth it to have those tough conversations because you get to the root issue. Like Petya, when she notices my energy is off, I'm just having like a funky day or whatever. She's like, Hey, like what's going on? You know, what are you, what what are you feeling? Like, I feel like your energy's off. Do you need anything? Can I support you with anything? Do you need some nature? You know, like what would, what would make a difference for you today? Like how how can you get to like a little bit more joy or a little bit more gratitude or release this or go express it or go, you know, like she's, she's there as my partner to help me brainstorm what is going to get me to feel a little bit better in this experience and to be able to release anything I might be carrying. Uh, another thing that really made a difference for us is weekly relationship reviews. So we have these meetings where we'd meet up and say, hey, here's what we're grateful for. We'd share three things that we're grateful for. Um, here's thing one thing I love about you, the other person, right? Uh, here's something that, that came up that made me want to pull away over this yeah. last week, right? It's like looking at the last week, looking, taking a reflective view of the relationship um, and just like noticing, hey, what What is coming up that's making us feel closer? What is coming up that's making us feel more distant? And to be aware of those things and to be curious and to like study, right? Study our relationships. Study how can we evolve it even more? How can we be... Even more aware of the of the triggers and the things when we're not getting our needs met, or when we're just totally blowing the mind of, of our partner, like to be aware of those things and in two of those things, so we can do more of the good things more often and less of the things that don't serve the relationship less often.
1: Oh, for sure, and I, I love that. And taking inventory is massive because you know people think that once they get into a relationship, like they're done, and that's when the best work begins. And it's it's not always easy to take an opportunity. There are times when I'm triggered, and I will there. There will be a part of me that'll go, "You're just you want to blow the place up." You're you're in a space, er, and then there's another part that goes okay stuff what's really going on what like and we kind of joke about it in this community because we do the the rundown in our mind and i just it's not my partner's responsibility for me to come into the room and energetically dump on him It will make me feel better it's easy to do that it's harder to say this is an opportunity this is just an opportunity for us to go, yeah, we're, we're a badass, amazing couple and we love and care about each other. And doing weekly inventories, I say this to my clients, what's your relationship on a scale of one to 10? Mm. If it's an eight, what will it take to get to a 10? What needs to happen for that little increment? So I love that you and your lady do that because that's how you know. And again, with going, like sometimes you gotta just take a flashlight and go into the attic. And say, what's going on here? And and then just get over the fear of looking. Mm. Because then it's not so scary. And you go, okay, I was just in a space. I'm I'm human and I'm imperfect. That's really how you do it.
0: Plus, it's the relationship. If if it's meant to be together, then the willingness to take a look and doing that will only strengthen the relationship, right? If, If someone is really committed and you're like, hey, we see our values are aligned. We're going in the same direction. Like you said earlier, I think it's like the relationship, what it actually means and what it's here for. There might be blips. But that's not yeah. the actual who we are. That's not that's not who like we are. It's just the triggers. It's the it's the stuff that's coming up. It's the wounds, it's the traumas that we get to we're blessed to process through together yes. in, in partnership, um, as powerful mirrors for each other. Because I think one of the best things is when someone's like riding high and just doing amazing, and the other person's not so great, like that person can be the higher person can be a a like powerful mirror for that person and just hold space, right? Like we both can can take on that hat of holding space for the other person and not owning their stuff as ours, but rather just saying, "Here's what I'm noticing. Here's what's going coming up. You know, I might be getting a little bit triggered, but I'm I'm not going to own it, and I'm going to just hold space and love you through this." I think that's there's so much power in that.
1: Yeah. Oh, because it gives the other person permission to do their own process. Because mm-hmm. I will tell you this, trying to coach your partner, it's oof, really tricky, oof. doesn't work. And then I'm now in my masculine and he feels like a little kid, doesn't yeah. work. But if you go, I'm noticing there, there, there's an energy, do you notice it too? And then naturally it kind of evolves. But I, I agree. I, I think we need to really respect the pairing because it's you, your partner, and the relationship. There, there is a whole dynamic there. So I dig it. I love it. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, Stephanie. This is great. Um, what happens if, like, how does someone know if something is an irreconcilable difference in values or like what we want in a partner? How does someone know if like, well, it's just something that, you know, I, I just have to deal with. Like you said, with, is it, is it the football analogy of, oh, I just yeah. have to deal with, he's going to watch football every Sunday or something that's like a deal breaker. How would you advise people on that?
1: So it's really just about understanding what your non-negotiables are and the work that you're willing to do. So there are things that I personally am more okay with than say my girlfriend and her husband. Mm. So it's really about going like, okay, there's, there's an age difference in my relationship. And with that brings, I now have to re-experience the 20s. And the growing pains and the identity shifts and the adult temper tantrums, I've already done that work, but I now have to go back in time and relive that. And I i mean, I'm willing to do that, but not everyone else would. And the reason why I can is because my partner, we want the same things and we're, we're so aligned. If he was great on paper, but say had a chemical dependency, zero zest for life. Um, you know, obviously toxic and, and all of that kind of stuff for me, that's a non-starter because I can't imagine my life with someone who's complacent or, you know, okay with the bare minimum, but that's my thing. So other people go, that's, that would be fine for me. So I think it's really about going, if you were to spend the rest of your life with someone, what do you want to do? What does it feel like? What does that look like? What are you doing? On a Sunday morning, I had someone recently say, well, I don't know if we're compatible. And I'm like, well, it's not necessarily compatibility. It's if he sleeps until 3 p.m. and you want to go to the gym at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're going to have a hard time. And it might be unnecessary work. Mm That might just be a different partnership. Like, you may not be good for that person. When it comes to actual serious issues, you just have to get radically honest. We cannot fall in love with someone's potential. We cannot be with someone and go, you know, in a few years, if I just love him hard enough. He will suddenly decide that he will stop gambling 24 <laughs> seven and stop video gaming all the time and yeah. stop this behavior that he had when I met him. Yeah. But now all of a sudden I'm going to make him be different. The biggest red flag is if you are are in your mind about what the relationship could be yeah. down the road, one day you're in the wrong relationship. We have yeah. to deal with the reality.
0: Yeah. So Also, also I wanted to add to that, like, I think that there might also be things people are working on, right? Because we're not perfect. We're all, we're all juggling our own stuff. So it's like those non-negotiables, um, getting clear on those. And if that's there, then like asking, Hey, is this something that you're, you're wanting to work on or change or transform? Um, because I already dealt with this and, or, you know, this is just a non-negotiable in my life. Is it, is it something that you see as a integral part of your life? And is it something you want to give up? Is it something that you want to work on? having that communication up front and then giving them a trial period saying, Hey, like you said, you wanted to work on this. You said you wanted to decrease the gambling, the video games, the drinking, whatever it might be. Um, like it's been three months, it's been six months. Like what progress have you actually made? Okay. Like there's, there's not enough progress for this relationship to sustain, um, for me to keep like waiting around. So, you know, like, thank you for, for this experience. And that's probably one of the toughest things to do. But like you said, you can't fall in love with the potential of it working out but you have to have those tough conversations get that buy-in up front if they are willing to do something about it and then hold them accountable if they said that they were going to do something different
2: right well because we
1: we are completely imperfect constantly learning and it's just the, the real point is that everyone has different things that they require. And mm-hmm. I think that being okay with what you require doesn't mean it has to be immediate because change takes time. Yeah. Like my partner is 26 years old and has done a hell of a lot more in, in at that age than I did until I was 30. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it's, it's neat to watch. We definitely balance each other out. But for me, I think that, If you can look at your partner today and say, we may have stuff, we may be in transition, even if you're in a rough patch, even if your relationship is dangling by a thread, if all of your problems could be solved today, would you still want to be with that person? Mm. Sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's no. If the answer is yes, then the next question is, are the both of you willing to do whatever it takes to honor what you're building? Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. So that's really what it's about. It's, is this person willing to hold your hand and jump Mm. and go, let's just do it and get honest with each other. And that's how relationships last.
0: Yeah. Stephanie, I want to switch gears. I know you have a couple different programs and things that you offer to your clients. And we were talking about on our pre-interview that like one of the, the programs is around, um, narcissists and, mm-hmm. and that whole thing. I'm just curious, like what sparked that for you and why you wanted to serve your clients around that area?
1: Yeah, it, it's a, it's a problem. It's, it's an epidemic. I think a lot of us um, I'm, I'm I'm in my mid-30s, so when I say us, this is sort of the age where we grew up with parents who both worked mm-hmm. or were divorced that parented out of guilt. Mm-hmm. So we've raised kids to be an entitled and, you know, non-communicative and sort of emotionally withdrawn. And mm-hmm. so what ends up happening is that those kids grow up into adults. Mm-hmm. And so this, this idea of, of the narcissist archetype, mm-hmm. like for context, there is a real personality disorder called narcissistic personality disorder that right. is a pathology. And then there's narcissistic traits. And we have we all have you, and especially if we're in the public eye, especially if we're brand building, we, we have flavors of these, yep. but I'm talking about people that you know lack insight and lack empathy and and really just aren't able to give you that emotional closeness. And a lot of my clients come to me going, I I feel like I'm going crazy in in this relationship Mm -hmm. and I don't understand. And so unpacking the narcissist relationship can be really intense and damaging. And so putting together this, this masterclass, this workshop, it's an on-demand, pretty lengthy training Mm -hmm. all about where it came from, how to spot it, what's going on if it's in your life, how to heal, because it can really cause a lot of damage both men and women can be narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's eroding our consciousness and communication today. So that's why it's huge for me right now.
0: Wow. That's powerful. I, I, I love how you said, you know, like you're you're identifying it, that the tendency to be entitled, which a lot of, I'd say millennials are, are entitled to like, you know, anything that we want, it's supposed to be yeah. ours, you know, and, and everything's so fast, it happening so fast. And I also love the distinction of there's like a pathological narcissism, mm-hmm. and then there's just like traits. And I think that to be someone who's building a brand, to be a leader. There is some element of like, hey, I believe in myself and I'm gonna right. shout it from the freaking rooftops. And that's that's important to have. And then it like starts getting into unhealthy, like no empathy, like just all about oneself, using other people. That is not what we want. That's not what <laughs> we want around us. So it's like how do we deal with that and how do we right. um, handle that if it's in our life, as well as if it's something that we continually attract? Because I think yeah. oh, uh, yeah. some some women especially can continue to attract those types of people who are just emotionally not there for them
1: right and i see a lot of the times that the people that i mostly see it are either the empathic codependent type Mm, or the um the coach who like knows mindset and nlp and thinks that her presence will somehow massage out these arrogant traits And it it doesn't really work like that. So it's it's a really neat thing that that I'm I'm doing with and working with because I think a lot of the times um, understanding that relationships are not supposed to drive you crazy. You're supposed you're gonna have moments. You're gonna have moments, but you you shouldn't wake up every day going, "Is he gonna be nice today? Is it gonna be a good day?" And I've been in that. Like I get that deeply. It's frightening. So. It's super important, and I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be good.
0: I love it. I love it, Stephanie. Um, the Good Love Company, where did that yeah. that identity, that brand come from?
1: So when I thought of Good Love, that to me had an immediate emotion. Mm. It was like warm soup in a snowstorm or the smell of a bakery or that whiff of your partner coming out of the shower. Like It was just so like, mm, 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 mm. And I feel like that's relatable. I feel like everyone has something where they're like, oh, yeah. mm. and so for me having that and knowing what it's like to not have that, I was like, people need to feel this. It's kind, it's interesting, it's intense, but it's beautiful. And so that's kind of where it came from.
0: I love it. I love it. It's juicy. I want to circle back around to something we touched on the beginning, social media and how you feel that Mm -hmm. is impacting people's relationships. Like what, what do you think is is happening in our current state of social media and what can we do to create more connection, more communication and uh, yeah, authentic relationships.
1: You know what? It's, it's definitely been an interesting thing seeing what social media does in terms of our, our connection, because I remember growing up where if you missed a phone call because you were on the internet, if someone knocked at the door, there uh, there was there, you had to physically in, intention what you wanted to do. So if I wanted to see someone, I would call them and then go over there. Yep. Suddenly that shifted and we didn't really have to do that. So you get a little bit lazier, a little bit more complacent, And then you add on apps where everyone is seeing what everyone is doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I remember a time when Facebook and Instagram didn't exist. And if you weren't at the party, you weren't there. (laughs) And so now people are starting to post and filter and tweak their amazing lives. So now on top of our our laziness in terms of connection, we're now jealous and feeling insecure Mm -hmm. and comparing ourselves. Now, on top of that, we have influencers, and we have people having these amazing lives and relationships and businesses, and Mm. so we've stopped connecting, and we've started competing. Mm. So the heart shrinks, and we just get more cold and a little bit icier, and then when the dating apps came on the scene, we started shopping for people. Mm. It's very bizarre if, if I were to ask you to say, stop and think about what social media and dating apps are actually, we are swiping people's faces. We are making three second judgment calls. Yeah. It's insanity. And we just, this is a new thing. So the muscle in our brain, I forget the word offhand now that controls memory of communication, mm-hmm. remembering words and sentences and phrases has, is shrinking mm-hmm. because we don't need to exercise that muscle of. I'm going to see you in 10 minutes. I'm going to hop in the car and I'm going to pick you up. We don't even do that. We say, I'll meet you in 10. And then we're 10 minutes late and we (laughs) got to wave people over the bar, but no one can see us because our faces are in our phones. And we wonder why we're heartbroken. Mm -hmm. So it's really about going, we have to stop this madness. So if that means setting a timer for your social media, turning off your notification, deleting apps, Going on your computer and, and doing your stuff and then removing. Go outside, smile at people, wave hello to the people. Yeah. Like that, it's, it's really that simple. I had someone stop me in the mall last week and say, You look really nice today. And it carried me for hours. I was like, Thank you so much. You do too. And I was like, Yes. And we have such a reaction because it's missing. Yeah. Everyone wants that deep down. That's how we're made. So it's just about going, if social media and apps are overwhelming, then take it down a notch, set a timer, delete apps, at least take notifications off your phone and stop comparing because no one's going to post the picture of their fighting partner and the dialogue of an ego slap right? No Mm -hmm. one's going to do that. They're going to post the picture after saying how in love they are. So just be mindful of what you're consuming and really check in with what matters to you and operate from that space.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it, Stephanie. I think that I love the solutions that you gave too, because like I, I've noticed even for myself, the, this kind of mentality of like the millennial, right? Like I can get anything that I want. And even like going through, uh, like being addicted to porn and like using porn to fill myself up with some kind of feeling dopamine release, et cetera. Like I noticed that created like this lust for things, right? Whatever it was, whether it was cars, money, women, and so that was like almost hardwired into my brain. And so, like from the very beginning of my relationship with Petya, like I had to be aware. Like this is this is like a, it, I don't want to say it's a disease, but it's like it seriously is this this thing that I get to deal with, I get to be responsible for, and I get to like keep in check and keep um, building habits of disconnecting from whatever that source of stimulation, instant gratification is and reconnecting to the things that are more meaningful and important to me, like whether it's meditation or just writing a love note to Petya or whatever it might be, like there's so many different things that I can do to reconnect to that. And I think a lot of especially men who play video games, who are like, just, we have access to things, the instant gratification, especially, uh, it's easy for a lot of men to feel like, well, I can have whatever I want. And I think that also, um, inflates the ego and inflates the pride and, um, in an unhealthy way so that it's like, it's not, um, there's not that real intimate connection because we're afraid to open up and like really, take the time to to invest into deep rooted relationships you know
1: oh for sure it's 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 a problem because that's that's my job is to get people to go i have the courage to ask for what i want and now i have the courage to change the behaviors that are preventing me from getting what i want that's all that's all i'm doing that's my job and it's true it's like we want so badly to be seen but we're terrified So we got to we got to flip that and and get back and and return to love
2: for sure
0: gold. I love it. I love it. Stephanie, let's tell our audience what they can do with you to continue their journey, how they can connect with you and specifically remind them like who are the types of people you really love to work with and serve.
1: Yeah, I love that. So you can find me on all social medias at goodloveco, goodloveco goodloveco.com. And I really work with the powerhouse individual, high IQ, high EQ, the one who's really got it going. Mm -hmm. But the love life thing just won't click. Mm -hmm. That's really what I love to do. I like to navigate through through those waters. And I work with women and couples. So you don't have to be single. We can work on what's going on in your relationship. And it's a really beautiful experience. So the narcissist workshop will be released on February 26th. And if you want to work with me privately, one-on-one, just send me a message or head to my website and we can go from there.
0: Beautiful. And that's goodloveco.com. That's where they can find you and they spell your name, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E. C-h-u-r-m-a, yes. H U R M A. And Stephanie, you're a, a brilliant light, and I love your relationship wisdom. And congratulations on all the success in your relationship your two beautiful babies. And I know you're an amazing coach, an amazing mother. So just keep showing up and, and shining your light. You're awesome.
1: Aww, thank you, Chris. This was a blast. I really love this. Thank
0: you. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Stephanie. We appreciate you, and have an amazing rest of your day, okay? Bye. See you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life? What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius or If you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.EmployeeEscapePlan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, BeYourGPS.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy tap into your flow and take massive action head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar now master yourself create your reality and make every day your best day ever